Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Kong Skull Island on today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Yes, there is not going to be a review episode for Kong Skull Island. Uh, I'll kind of sum that up really quick right now. I liked it. It's not a great movie, but it's a ton of fun. Uh, Once you hit about the half hour point, it's just big monster B-movie action. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. So take that for how you want, how you will. And uh, I, I, I still think it's fun to go see. Uh, and if nothing else, it made me excited to see uh, another Godzilla movie. It made me excited to see Godzilla and a King Kong movie together. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what counts for the most part. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's let's kind of jump into this uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, I'm recording this on the 13th. I saw the movie on the 10th, so I saw it on Friday, the weekend it came out. Uh, I clocked it mm, about 110 minutes. Uh, I I will confess I did not know or stay for the uh, after credit scene. Um, which is just kind of helping to tie Kong Skull Island into the uh, future monster universe uh, for for Universal. So, yeah, I, I didn't know, uh, but it it didn't seem to be explaining anything I wasn't already going to be aw- be aware of. So. 110 minutes. Uh, My synopsis, my brief, brief summary of the film, scientists and soldiers explore an uncharted island in the Pacific. It's pretty straightforward. None of the characters besides John C. Riley distinguish themselves, and since John C. Riley's character doesn't really get introduced until about an hour into the movie, maybe a little before that, you know, I can't really put him in the synopsis. Uh, last I checked it at a 78 on Rotten Tomatoes, but I will just double check right now. Might have fluctuated a teensy weensy bit. Oh, it's up to 79. 79 on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, a 68. That's what I gave it. 68. Uh, so that puts it at 6th overall for my 2017 list right now. Um, <clears throat> it slots in just ahead of I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which is the uh, debut film from uh, Macon Blair, who is uh, a frequent collaborator with Jeremy Saulnier, and is available on Netflix, and I recommend you go see. And it puts it right behind No Other Way to Say It, which is a short film available on YouTube. 
but as far as feature-length films, it puts it behind Logan. Uh, this is the second film in the monster universe uh, of films. And it ends up being just ahead of Godzilla for me. Uh, you know, I gave Godzilla a 65, and I gave Kong Skull Island a 68. So they're, they're fairly close. Um, I think that while, you know, Godzilla had its own issues, uh, you know, hiding, the, hiding Godzilla for so long, um, the whole, like, killing Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson doesn't really carry the movie by himself, you know, it, it does, you know, Kong Skull Island does a little bit more right than Godzilla does, but they both do have some pretty significant flaws as far as film making goes. Um, so the director of Kong Skull Island is Jordan Vogt Roberts. I don't know that I'm saying that correctly. Uh, this is the second film of his that I've seen. Uh, I watched The Kings of Summer a couple of years ago. Uh, what, quite a few years ago, in fact, uh, four. Uh, it was a 2013 film that I, I think is great. Uh, I gave it an 87, and it, it's it's just uh, just a you know like kids coming of age kind of movie. Very low budget, not anything like Kong Skull Island at all. Uh, but but I, I really enjoyed uh, the Kings of Summer um, with the addition of Kong Skull Island. Uh, it lowers. Uh, vote Roberts average film rating to a 77.5 it increases his value film value to a 4 and lowers his score to an 81.5 which puts him in 506th place uh, tied with other directors like John Schlesinger director of Academy Award winning director of Midnight Cowboy uh, Martin Ritt director of HUD Oscar nominated, and Leo McCary, uh, director of Duck Soup, and uh, uh, and Going My Way. As far as writers go, we've got uh, Dan Gilroy is is one of the is one of the writers for this. Uh, he is also a co-writer, who is also a writer on Nightcrawler, which came out two years ago with Jake Gyllenhaal, Oscar nominated. This lowers Gilroy to a rank ranking of 985th. Um, so, puts him tied with uh, a couple of people, but among them, uh, as far as notable names, Taika Waititi. Director of Hunt for the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, and the upcoming Ragnarok. Also, giving writing credits for Kong Skull Island, John Gattins, who also was who was Oscar nominated for writing on Flight a couple of years back. He is now ranked one thousand one thousand one hundred and forty second. Uh, also, uh, Max Bornstein, who was a writer on Godzilla, uh, 
he is now in 1869th place. And lastly, Derek Connolly, who was also a writer on Jurassic World, Monster Trucks, and uh, a, an incredible film, Safety Not Guaranteed. Uh, so this it, it helped him out a little bit, uh, moving him up to 2,288th place. Uh, so eight, uh, eight screenwriters, story writers involved in the making of this film. A couple more than you, you really want on, on anything, really. Uh, but but you know I do understand that they do need to have if if they are going to create this shared universe of King Kong Godzilla who knows what else then they really do need to keep all their ducks in a row so there is that sort of uh, handicap as as you will uh, the cast though the cast is pretty extensive. Uh, unfortunately, most of the characters are very flat, um, but we will kind of uh, get into it anyway. The best, highest rated actor in the movie, after factoring in their involvement, is John C. Riley. John C. Riley is currently ranked 16th. This is his 33rd film and comes in as his 21st rated film overall. Uh, it, it lowers his average film rating to a 68.45, increases his value to a 52, and his score to 121.45. Uh, he is one-tenth of a point behind George Clooney, 12 hundredths of a point behind Bill Hader, and uh, six-tenths of a point ahead of James Stewart, who's right behind him. Uh, Kongska Island comes in behind the, the animated film Nine, and ahead of Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. John C. Oh, I don't know why I did that. Uh, John C. Riley plays... Uh, Hank Marlowe in the film, he is uh, depicted in the trailers as the uh, island native, English-speaking character that you meet, and he really is the heart and soul of the movie, uh, you know, while, every, while most of the other characters just have one note and they hit that the whole movie, he gives <laughs> at least some emotional heft to the film, and... Uh, he, he knows what kind of a movie he's in, in that sense. Next, we have Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson is currently ranked 38th. Uh, this is a milestone number film. This is Samuel L. Jackson's 70th film that he has been in, which is uh, kind of ridiculous, if I do say so myself. And his 20 ninth rated film overall uh, it's just crazy it, it increases his average film rating to a 56.8 it increases his value to a 55 and his overall score to 112.8 which 
which puts him five hundredths of a point behind Robert Downey Jr. and three-tenths of a point ahead of Ryan Gosling. Uh, Kong Skull Island is the 14th film for Samuel L. Jackson, rated uh, in the 60s, and lands right behind Unbreakable and right ahead of Resurrecting the Champ. Uh, as the 70th film, that now puts him squarely 22 films ahead of the next highest number of films that I've seen someone in, at, which is 48. And, uh, you know, it's, his, it's the seventh film he's been in that I've seen this year already. And, you know, he, he's at the top of that list every year, no matter, like, it, it doesn't seem to matter, like, how many films of his I've already seen. I'm He's always in a million things. Uh, what I did like, uh, so his character is Preston Packard. He plays the, I want to say captain. I, I'm not sure the proper title that he, he's referred to as. I want to say captain uh, in, in the Army, Air Force, one of the military branches, uh, who kind of turns into Captain Ahab in the film with regards to Kong and uh, is very antagonistic in the film. But uh, he he has a lot of like great moments. And what I liked was, you know, compared to something like that else he was in this year, like Triple X, which was mostly just a cameo, uh, it, I'm, I'm glad to see him in more of a media role. And while his character isn't particularly three-dimensional at all, he is at least, uh, you know, he's at least giving a, a, a healthy main character type of performance, which we don't get to see uh, from him enough anymore, you know. It's tough being in, like, ten movies every year and also making all of those characters that he's playing main characters. And I'm not sure that any of them have been main characters since The Hateful Eight. So uh, I, I was pleased that, that that was what we got this year. Next, at 159th, is Brie Larson. This is Brie Larson's 19th film and 13th highest overall. It raises her average film rating to a 67.26, raises her value to a 30, and her score to a 99.26, which puts her seven hundredths of a point behind Anne Doran, uh, who is an old actress who was in Rebel Without a Cause, The Snake Pit, and His Girl Friday, puts her one hundredth of a point ahead of Dallas Roberts, who is uh, in... Three, the 310 Yuma remake, Dallas Buyers Club, Walk the Line, and The Gray. Uh, so, probably names that you're not familiar with. I'm not familiar with them. Uh, anyway, uh, Kongska Island is the second film for Brie Larson, rated in the 60s. And it falls behind uh, the film Digging for Fire. And it falls just ahead of 13 going on 30. Uh, Brie Larson plays Preston, nope, Brie Larson plays Mason Weaver, who is a photojournalist type of character, 
who is anti-war. And while in this movie, Tom Hiddleston is kind of portrayed as the badass. And to be fair, he has one pretty badass moment, which makes no sense, but was fun to see. Uh, Brie Larson gets most of the badass uh, beats, I think, in my opinion, which I enjoyed. I was glad she didn't play really a damsel in distress role, but like everyone besides John C. Riley, she is a very one-note character, and, uh, you know, that's just how things work. Next, at 224th, is Richard Jenkins. Don't think he's really in the trailers. Doesn't play a big role in the movie. You only see him in, I think, the first 15 minutes or so. This is the 36th film from Richard Jenkins that I've seen and ranks as his 16th overall. It raises his film rating to a 62.47 and his value up to a 34. His score is a 97.47. And that puts him just three hundredths of a point behind uh, a collection of characters, uh, most notably Cary Grant, and puts him less than a hundredth of a point ahead of Jennifer Jason Leigh and Emma Watson, uh, who are also both at 97.47, but I only go two decimal places. Um... Kong Skull Island is the sixth film from Richard Jenkins, rated in the 60s, and ends up slotting in behind Changing Lanes and ahead of North Country. Uh, Richard Jenkins plays uh, a senator, I think. Yeah, Senator Willis, who is uh, a character that John Goodman goes to see early on in the movie to get the funding to go to the island. And... That's pretty much the whole purpose that he serves. Next, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, This is Tom Hiddleston's 12th film that I've seen and his 8th film ranked overall. It lowers his average film rating to a 72.75, raises his value to a 21 to give him a score of 93.75. It is uh, his third film rated in the 60s. Slots in right behind Thor and right ahead of Thor The Dark World. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is given first billing as James Conrad. Not really the main character, but I guess he kind of like leads the party for most of the time while they're in, on the island. And he's that's what he's hired to do. He's hired to uh, keep them safe. And, you know, how well he does that is uh, very debatable. Pro, you know, he does keep some of them alive, I guess. But... Uh, a lot of people die. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, he's kind of made out to be this real badass, but he only has a one scene where he's truly doing anything badass. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is tied with Lee Van Cleef uh, at 354th and is a six hundredths of a point ahead of Sally Hawkins. And next we have John Goodman. Uh, This is the 40th landmark, 40th film from John Goodman. He joins a select group of seven people that I've seen 40 or more films from. 
Uh, Kong Skull Island ranks as his 17th best film. And raises his average film rating to a 54.5. Raise... Uh, raises his value to a 28 and his score to an 82.5 which puts him tied with other actors like Eartha Kitt, Shelley Winters and Pat O'Brien and slots him 700ths of a point behind Mahershala Ali, Oscar winning Mahershala Ali and uh, 300ths of a point ahead of Glenn Close. Uh, the Kongskull Island for John Goodman comes in right behind the Hudsucker Proxy and right ahead of Trumbo. Goodman plays Bill Randa, who is kind of the only person in the know. Once they get to the island, he's the only one really with any idea of what they're stepping into, which is uh, played for dramatic effect. And he's skinny. Man, he is skinny. Uh, I, I've heard people saying that, you know, skinny John Goodman isn't really as funny as, as normal John Goodman. And while I think that if this were a comedy and he were the a comedic character, this would be a bad thing, I think it helps because he's not really one of the funny characters in the movie. And uh, he's his character is trying to be a lot more dour, a lot more melodramatic. And I think that that plays well. So, yeah, John Goodman, 888th. Still in the top 1,000, we have ranked 937th, Shea Wiggum. Uh, this is the 17th film from Shea Wiggum and his ninth best overall. It raises his average film rating to a 60.76. It raises his value to a 21 and puts his score at 81.75, which gives him... About a hundredth of a point behind Lois Smith, and about about two hundredths of a point behind Lois Smith, and about a hundredth of a point ahead of Katie Asselton, who is uh, if you're not familiar, if you watch the League, she is the main female character in the League. Uh, Jenny, I believe her name is. Uh, Shay Wiggum is one of the army men in Samuel Jackson's. Uh, team, I guess, and is kind of the hardened, nothing phases him character. Kong Skull Island ranks right behind Big Miracle and right ahead of Fast and Furious 6 for Shay Wiggum. Next, still in the top 1,000, at 949th, John Ortiz. This is his eighth film and sixth best overall. It raises his average fill rating to a 67.63, raises his value to a 14, and puts his score at 81.63, which leaves him two hundredths of a point behind Chloe Grace Moretz and three hundredths of a point ahead of John Patrick Amadori, who is in Almost Famous and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and a couple of others. Uh, Kongskull Island, for John Ortiz, he plays a character named Victor Nieves. He is heading up a uh, research team that's also going to the island that uh, John Goodman's group piggybacks on, essentially, and is kind of the dissenter about even going once they realize, like, kind of the storm that's surrounding the island and 
then once they get there, he is just kind of scared out of his mind. Uh, it ranks behind American Gangster for him and ahead of Amistad. Still in the top 1,000, at 978, Thomas Middleditch, uh, who, even once you see the movie, you might not realize he's in. He is the voice of Jerry in the movie, which I believe is in the scene with, uh, with, with Richard Jenkins, if I'm not mistaken. I don't really remember it. I didn't recognize hearing his voice in the movie. Either way, this is the sixth film for him that I've seen. And his fourth best overall. It lowers his average film rating to a 70.17. It raises his value to 11. And puts his score at 81.17. Which ties him with Estelle Harris. Who is uh, a, a voice actress. Puts him 3 hundredths of a point ahead of Glenn Shadix. Who is a frequent uh, night, uh, Tim Burton collaborator. And puts him 3 hundredths of a point behind... Helen Hunt and uh, Nelson Ellis. Yep. Thomas Middleditch, this is as his fourth film, it comes in behind The Final Girls and ahead of The Campaign. And uh, he's just a voice on the phone, I believe. Outside of the top 1,000 now, we move on to Corey Hawkins at 1,142nd. Kong Skull Island is his fourth best, his fourth film overall and third best. Uh, it lowers his average film rating to a 71.5, raises his value to a 7, and puts his score to 78.5. He is tied with a, a dozen or so other people, including Nathan Fillion, Jenna Malone, Tina Turner, Betty Gabriel, and Timothy Hutton. Uh, among others, uh, Corey Hawkins, it, it's his third best film, ranking behind Iron Man 3 and ahead of Nonstop. His best film is Straight Out of Compton. He plays uh, Houston Brooks, who is the sort of assistant to John Goodman. And uh, yeah, he, you know, he doesn't. Like I said, like none of these characters really stand out against like a piece of cardboard. So there's not a lot to say about them. Next, we have uh, Jason Mitchell. This film adds Jason Mitchell to the uh, to the spreadsheet. In the movie, he plays Mills, who is also part of Samuel L. Jackson's crew. Kongska Island is uh, gives him four total films. Uh, he was also in uh, Straight Outta Compton, uh, joining his friend Corey Hawkins. He is uh, he played Easy E in Straight Outta Compton. Here he's uh, he actually didn't do too bad. I, I think he the the soldiers kind of get the most dimensions to their characters, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I think he's pretty good as sort of co a comic relief character. He, Kongska Island slots in behind Straight Outta Compton and ahead of Keanu. And uh, puts him at seven, uh, gives him a score of 72.25. Good enough for 1,575th, which is tied with Kuvenzane Wallace and Bobcat Goldthwait. 
All right, Kong Skull Island. Next is Eugene Cordero, also added to the list for the first time uh, with five films. He also collaborated with uh, Voked Roberts on The Kings of Summer, which is his best film. Kong Skull Island is number two. And he was in the remake of Ghostbusters that came out last year, his number three film. He has an average film rating of 61.8, a value of four for a score of 65.8, which puts him a hundredth of a point behind Cuba Gooding Jr. and nine hundredths of a point ahead of Ed Helms. Uh, Eugene Cordero is a uh, plays Relis, 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 who is also a member of Samuel Jackson's team. Next, Thomas Mann. Uh, Thomas Mann, this is his sixth film, second best overall. He is uh, most significant from playing the main character in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which is his best film. Kong Island is number two, and Welcome to Me, number three. Uh, this raises his film, ra film rating, average film rating, to a 54, his value to a 2, and his score to a 56, uh, which ranks him at 2,535th, tied with a lot of other people, including Al Sapienza, uh, Sophie Okonedo, Estella Warren, puts him uh, six hundredths of a point ahead of Kate Mara and puts him thirteen hundredths of a point behind Chaz Palminteri. Yes, he is uh, Slivko, who is also a part of Samuel Jackson's team. And uh, the only one... So when they get to the island, they end up broken up into two groups. Uh, well, three groups, I guess. Um two groups and then one straggler and one of the groups is primarily army men and then the other group is primarily non-army people uh, with one army person and that is the Thomas Mann character who I like I, I think he, he did a good job you know and he was really great in me and Earl and the dying girl next is uh, Tian Jing this is her second film after the Great Wall which also came out this year uh, this is better than The Great Wall by a significant margin. It raises her film rating to a 50.5, her value up to zero, which makes her score 50.5, which ties her with Brittany Murphy, Anya Taylor-Joy, Mary McCormack, Katie Couric, Justin Timberlake, puts her uh, six hundredths of a point behind June Squibb, and one-tenth of a point ahead of Molly Shannon and Lou Taylor-Pucci. Tianjing plays San, who is the other sort of assistant working with Samuel, or working with uh, John Goodman. And there's kind of an, a love interest thing going on between her and Corey Hawkins' character, but honestly, there's like she gets like two lines in the movie, and that's awful. She's a really she's a good actress, so. You know, she's kind of just there for the Asian demographic. Kind of sucks. Um, at 2830th is Toby Kebbell. Uh, it's a shame. I wish he was so higher rated. I, I think he does a great job in mocap. Uh, you know, he's worked with 
Andy Serkis on the Planet of the Apes films, and I think he's gotten very good at mocap in that. And in this, he plays the live-action character Jack Chapman and is also part of the team of people behind Kong himself. I don't know how significant his role is, if he lends any anything more than just the mo-capture aspect to it, but he is involved, and uh, he does a great job, because Kong is ferocious and fantastic. Uh, this is Toby Kebbell's 11th film, and it is uh, his fifth film overall, ranking right behind Warhorse and right ahead of Warcraft. Uh, he plays... Uh, his character, Jack Chapman, is also part of Samuel Jackson's team. He is the straggler character that I mentioned. Uh, it is... he has a, It raises his film average film rating to a 48.73, his value to a 1, and his score to a 49.73. So it puts him tied with Mike Myers uh, of Shrek fame, Wayne's World fame, puts him two hundredths of a point behind Mike O'Malley, and three hundredths of a point ahead of Christopher Maloney. Toby Kebbell. And he is the lowest rated person involved in this movie. Whew, man. Uh, big cast, uh, but outside of John C. Riley, fairly bland characters um, but I mean that's just how they're written moving on to genres so Kongska Island rating of 68 came out in 2017 uh, qualifies as an action film raising the average rating for an action film on my spreadsheet to a 56.36 it's an adventure film raising that average rating to a 55.99 it is a fantasy film uh, raising it to 57.16, and sci-fi, raising that to a 55.9. I clocked it at a as a 1 on the Bechtel test, two female characters that are named that never talk to each other, and it's rated PG-13. Um, it is not currently nominated for any Academy Awards because it just came out, but as far as going forward... I don't think it has any chance in anything other than the tech categories. Uh, you know, depend, given like how early it is in the year, I mean, I think the visual effects are quite good. They're not stunning. It would have to be a pretty weak visual effects year for it to get in there, I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't think the sound was particularly... Uh, it wasn't... I don't know that it was mixed well. The editing might be pretty decent. Uh, you know, I could see it showing up kind of maybe in the guilds in some capacity, but I don't really expect to see it come Oscar time. Uh, it is not a best picture film or in my top 100 at all. So in terms of 2017, uh, this was not the 20th film I've seen, but I've now seen 20 films from this year. Uh, this is, like I said, the sixth highest film from 2017. The average film rate, average film rating for films from 2017 are currently is currently at 40. The average tomato meter is 48.26. Uh, 
this is the sixth action and sixth adventure film that I've seen from this year. It is the fourth fantasy film and the third sci-fi film. It is part of the 50% of films from this year that have gotten a one on the Bechdel test and is the eighth film from this year to be rated PG-13. Uh, yeah, so uh, Kong Skull Island. It. I was excited going in. I'd seen parts of the trailer. I'd heard the whole trailer. You know, it, it just... It's not a huge accomplishment. I'm glad it's gotten such good reviews. I'm glad it's overperformed so, overperformed so much at the box office. I think that it is a good film. I think it's very exciting and very enjoyable for me. I think... I recommend going to see it. You know, particularly seeing it on the big screen is fantastic. It, it looks great. Kong is beautiful. All of the other monsters that you see in the movie... Uh, the spider, the kind of like the big uh, water buffalo thingies, uh, and and the skull crushers, uh, I thought were fantastic. There are a lot of really cool scenes in the movie as well. Uh, as far as, let's see, it does impact the current standing of the Circle of Film Awards. At the moment, it is, uh, it, you know, it gives... Jordan Vogt Roberts currently is one of the nominees for Best Director. Uh, John C. Riley currently looking to get a Best Male Supporting Performance nomination. You've got uh, definitely Best Special Effects at the moment, since there aren't even five nominees. And uh, it definitely has a, and it currently is also contributing to the best scene, which is the final fight scene between Kong and the. Uh, final skull crusher which uh, there's one moment in it that I think really hits home at it's just perfect for like this type of movie and you know if more of the movie had been like that moment I, it, it could have been it might have been able to break into the 70s uh, for rating but there's just too it tries to do too much with uh, the characters that they don't really write well, so it's tough. It's tough. Uh, yeah, so Kong Skull Island. A lot of good stuff. Big cast, big impacts. You know, 70th film for Samuel L. Jackson is kind of absurd. You know, if, I mean, fuck, he could make 80 by the end of the year. And no one else has ever even hit 50 yet. Uh, the second highest person is Sherry Lynn, a voice actress, at 48. And the only reason she's at 48 is because, like, if you look on Letterboxd, she has, like, 20-some credits. IMDb adds another dozen or so. I've been on her actual, like, website where it lists all of her roles. That added a few more. And then she's done, like, some miscellaneous voice work for... Uh, a dozen or so other films so uh, she and she's ranked number one overall but she only has 48 films 22 film difference uh, you've got Johnny Depp with 45 
Tom Hanks at 43, Steve Buscemi and Owen Wilson at 42, and then uh, John Goodman uh, bringing up number seven with uh, 40. So, you know, a lot of big names. I mean, obviously, if they're going to be in that many movies. But just crazy. Just 70 is so many. Jeez. Uh, at, at some point, maybe maybe when I get to like 100 Samuel L. Jackson movies, I will do something, do a special episode for him. And it would be very long as I go through every single film of his, every single role he's played. You know, from the first, his best rated film, which is The Sunset Limited right now, to his worst rated film, Farce of the Penguins, which also has Brie Larson in it from Kong Skull Island. So, yeah, that is Kong Skull Island. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you would like to find out any more about other podcasts, episodes about any about the Circle of Film Awards, about the scavenger, ongoing scavenger hunts, you can find that information at circleoffilm.com. If there's anything you want to send me directly, whether they are comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those things to circleoffilm at gmail.com. Uh, I that's uh, that's it. Uh, I'm again. I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for listening, and have a week. So long, farewell.